feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Biden's first State of the Union. Now, here's Rita Cosby. And this is Rita Cosby. We are covering President Biden's first State of the Union address. So far, he has gone just a little under an hour when he did an address to Congress, which was not a technically a State of the Union address. That was in April of last year. He went an hour and five minutes. Um, typically, these things last at the most that amount of time. Sometimes they even go as much as 110, 120. So we'll see where it goes, but it should be wrapping up finally soon. And then we will also hear from a GOP rebuttal that'll take place from Iowa's first female governor and then also the Working Families Party, uh, which is the very sort of far left part of the Democratic side is going to do their own rebuttal. And then there will be a representative from the Black Congressional Caucus uh, clearly shows a very much divided Democratic Party tonight. Think about it, not just the GOP doing a rebuttal, but others within the Democratic side. So far tonight, President Biden, I think, missed a moment because he could have come out tonight and said, you know what, we are going to start drilling on federal lands. We're going to reinitiate the Keystone Pipeline. We're going to do a number of things so that way we no longer have to buy oil and gas from Russia. And we will encourage our European partners to do the same. And so far, we have heard nothing like that. Just basically same old, same old in terms of following European policies on sanctions not tied to oil and gas. Also saying that they will cut off U.S. airspace to all Russian flights. And also saying that they have had an impact with some of their sanctions that the, you know, the price of the ruble, the Russian ruble has dropped 30 percent value. But nothing astounding in terms of doing anything that would change the course of the war and really give President Zelensky, who has been pleading from a bomb shelter tonight in Kiev, begging for this president to step up and do more and at least cut off Russian oil, the purchases of Russian oil. We did not hear that. So this president didn't do anything dramatic to help the Ukrainian people, just basically following some of the steps that the European Union has already done. And if you look at the way he has handled this situation in Ukraine, which, of course, is the biggest topic of the night so far, and what he opened his State of the Union address with, there he basically is getting very, very low approval ratings, less than 50 percent of Americans, uh, many of them 30, 40 percent in various polls, said they do not believe that he has done anything to dramatically turn this around and that he could have done many more preemptive steps to avert the war, to put pressure on Putin well beforehand, months ago, because the writing was definitely on the wall. One of the other interesting moments, and I want to take your calls also in this hour to hear your thoughts on what you have heard so far on the State of the Union and the lack thereof, I think. But what was interesting is he did get to crime. He did get to immigration. These are usually topics that he doesn't talk about. But it was interesting when he got to crime, he did talk about supporting our police, saying that, no, he doesn't want to see defunding of the police. But he also said we have to hold officers accountable. I didn't hear him say anything about holding criminals accountable. 
I didn't hear him saying anything about DAs must be tougher on those individuals who break the law. He's still missing the mark. And then when it came to the immigration issue, this was fascinating. He said, we have to do more to secure our border and fix our immigration system. I had to laugh. This president has been an open borders president. We have seen more people immigrate and come to the country illegally under his power than we've seen in decades. And to me, it was just a bunch of hogwash. We're going to listen a little bit more to his closing comments as he is wrapping up the State of the Union address. This is President Biden making a few more comments. Nothing beyond our our capacity. We're the only nation on earth that has always turned every crisis we faced into an opportunity. The only nation that can be defined by a single word, possibilities. So on this night, on our 245th year as a nation, I've come to report on the state of the nation, the state of the union. And my report is this. The state of the union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. We are stronger today. We are stronger today than we were a year ago. And we'll be stronger a year from now than we are today. This is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. And we will, as one people, one America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. And get him. There is the end of President Biden's first State of the Union address. It went a little over an hour. Uh, By the way, some of the shortest State of the Union addresses in American history and modern history. Um, We had actually Richard Nixon. This is interesting. We went just about 28 minutes. Um, And that was in January 20th, 1972. Ronald Reagan in February 4th, 1986, went about 31 minutes. Uh, But some have gone longer than we went tonight. Uh, Clinton, for instance, one time went 128 minutes. And also President Trump also did fairly long, you know, State of the Union addresses when he was there. One hour, 20 minutes, one hour, 22. His last one was an hour, 18. This one just a little over an hour again from President Joe Biden. And I want to hear your thoughts, everybody, as we're waiting for the GOP rebuttal, which is going to come from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Uh, She is an interesting woman because she really took the lead on fighting uh, different COVID mandates, um, also going after CRT in schools, banning transgender girls from uh, from girls sports teams. Um, saying that it's uh, unfair to, you know, to young girls on sports teams. So she's really been at the forefront of many important and cutting-edge issues that a lot of people are talking about. She is going to be giving the official GOP response to the State of the Union, and that's going to be coming up. And also Rashida Tlaib, who is one of the members of the squad, who has made many controversial comments. Um, She was also not clapping a number of times, and it was interesting because when President Biden was up there and talking about how we should not defund the police, I was happy to hear him say that. Um, You could see her there kind of with her arms crossed, kind of like, well, you know, I think we should defund the police because her and a number of members of the squad have been pushing for a number of the defund the police policies. So I want to get your reaction because you have been listening to the State of the Union 
uh, along with me tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. What did you hear and what didn't you hear from this president? It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, I was astounded that he did not do anything different in terms of his policies and in terms of of where he is going with Ukraine. I guess I should say I'm not astounded. It's what I expected. But here was a moment where President Zelensky of Ukraine is literally hiding in the bunker, had a conversation with this president just a few hours ago, and was begging for America to stop buying Russian oil to the tune of where we are spending $70 million a day to get oil from Russia. America is right now. Also many European countries as well. And yet at this moment, we are not stopping the purchase. We are not sanctioning his oil and gas. I'm talking about President Putin. Because if we did that, we would assuredly cut off his bloodline, his lifeline, and his primary funding for weaponry that he is using against Ukraine. We are supplying, you know, as we're hearing javelins and stinger missiles, as are other countries as well. But what good does that do if we continue to finance him and be one of his primary funders of money still coming into Russia, as is Europe? What a bunch of hypocrites. I want to hear your thoughts tonight because I heard just gobbledygook from this president. And I basically just heard a president who missed a moment to change the course of history. This was a moment where you have a president of a country of 40 million who is holed up again there in a bunker of a city that's about to be surrounded by a 40-mile convoy of Russian military might that's about to obliterate his people. And he has been begging this president to have a no-fly zone, to also cut off Russian oil and gas. There's a lot of complications, of course, especially to the no-fly zone from a military's perspective. But he could have cut off Russian oil and gas. But he couldn't do it because he cut off Keystone Pipeline. He cut off drilling on our federal lands. He basically decapitated the oil industry and the energy industry in this country. And that's why we are much more reliant on Russian oil and gas, as is the rest of the world. So no self-awareness from this president as to his policies and his loony kazoonies on the left-leaning side that have put us into this position. And he did nothing tonight. If I am President Zelensky, I am shaking in my boots after listening to this State of the Union address. And all I heard was a bunch of gobbledygook, especially related when it came to policing. He talked out of both sides of his mouth when he talked to policing. I thought, this is interesting. He's going to get to crime. Normally, he doesn't even talk about crime as if it doesn't exist in America. And that's one of the biggest issues that so many of us, as you know, are dealing with in our streets across this country. And I thought, gosh, let's hear. Maybe he's going to have some epiphany or some moment. And yes, he was direct and said we should not defund the police. But his version of police, if you listen to his words, was community policing. He wasn't saying we want more weapons for police. He also used the phrase, we want to make sure that we hold officers accountable. I never heard him say we want to hold criminals accountable. It sounded like he went to the Alvin Bragg School of Verbiage or the George Gascon School of Verbiage. 
He was dancing with the words saying, oh, yes, no defund the police. We want more community policing. And he never once said that we have to get tougher on criminals and repeat offenders and make sure that they pay a price. It's the same old gobbledygook, just politics, politics. And I couldn't believe that he actually had the audacity to talk about a secure and fixing our immigration system. This is the president who has had more illegal immigrants cross into the American border because he has wanted it that way. He has had the secret flights flying into cities across the country in the middle of the night with immigrants coming in. He has basically accused, remember, the Border Patrol of whipping migrants, remember, under the Del Rio Bridge, the Haitians, and still, you know, won't say what happened with that investigation. But he has basically, you know, demoralized Border Patrol agents who are doing a good job. He has basically made it an open invitation to come to this country, wasn't checking their criminal records, wasn't even testing them for COVID. And he has the audacity tonight to say, let's fix our immigration system. I was appalled. 1-800-848-9222. I want to hear your thoughts tonight. When we come back after the break, I'm going to take your calls. Were you as stunned, as offended, and as unimpressed with President Biden after what we heard from his first State of the Union address? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. President Joe Biden's first State of the Union. Now, here's Rita Cosby. And this is Rita Cosby. We have been covering President Biden's what I think was lackluster, abysmal, uninspiring. And I just think it was so completely out of touch, his first State of the Union address. It'll be interesting to hear what the Iowa governor, Republican, will do with the Republican response. Boy, wouldn't you love to be the person to respond to Biden? I'd love to do it. Give me about five hours on this one because, boy, was there a lot to talk about. And he also has division within his own party because very much left-leaning Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib will be giving the working families party, you know, rebuttal. This is, by the way, the fifth time that the working families party has done this um, and done an official response. So it's very interesting. But she will be giving the response. uh, And some Democrats have been very opposed to the fact that even Democrats are giving their different versions of the president's State of the Union. In fact, someone said it's like keying your own car. Uh, going after your own party, but it just shows how divided, even within the Democratic Party, things are today. And boy, even in the chamber tonight, when you saw the president speaking, there were a number of times where it just, you know, it it went over to the, you know, Republican side, no clapping. There was even audible boos at certain parts. And boy, he missed a moment when it came to Ukraine, because that is a huge story right now of what's going on in the world Take a listen. Here's a little bit of President Biden talking about President Putin and the Ukrainian people. Six days ago, Russia's Vladimir Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world, thinking he could make it bend to his menacing ways. But he badly miscalculated. He thought he could roll into Ukraine and the world would roll over 
Instead, he met with a wall of strength he never anticipated or imagined. He met the Ukrainian people. By the way, he also made a reference saying Putin may circle Kiev with trunks, with tanks rather, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He a couple times used the word Iranian as opposed to Ukrainian. He used Ukrainian in that clip. But in other clips, he accidentally said Iranian as opposed to Ukrainian people. And here's a little bit more of what he said the U.S. is willing to do to try to avert Putin. The United States Department of Justice is assembling a dedicated task force to go after the crimes of the Russian oligarchs. We're joining with European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets. We're coming for you, ill-begotten gains. And tonight, I'm announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding additional squeeze on their economy. You know, I'll just say it was pathetic. That was a president who was following, not leading, even in the case of closing off U.S. airspace to Russian planes, saying now we are going to be following our European allies. In other words, Europe already did it, and America's with their tail between their legs doing that. Nothing that this president has done in terms of helping the Ukrainian people, which are about to be encircled by Russian troops, has averted Putin. He's done nothing but follow no leadership position, and he did nothing tonight that would change the course of history, and that breaks my heart. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to J.C. in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. J.C., what did you think? Hey, Rita, this was the state of Joe Biden, not the State of the Union. It was double-talk rhetoric, self-serving, pat myself on the back, bunch of lies, and BS. Somebody should fact check this guy. He 40 times in Iraq and, and in uh, Afghanistan. Who's, who's going to believe that? This guy's just a, a psychopathic liar. Uh, 6.5 million new jobs. There's no new jobs created. They were jobs that people went back to work on. Exactly. Hey, JC, what did you make of the fact? I couldn't believe when he said this. Um, that we have to secure our border and fix our immigration system. I, I just, I laughed because I thought, what a bunch of hogwash from this president. Absolutely. You know, you remember, he, he, he made the mistake of saying no wall, and he stumbled because he realized he said the wall, no wall is going to be big enough to stop the vaccines and everything else he's going to do. But he didn't create. He he let the wall fall down between the borders. Now he's rushing over. He's catching up. He did nothing for the Ukraine. He put them in the position. He put the world in this position. And now he's trying to save face. And all those youngers and all this stuff, the tax cuts he's going to do. Who's paying for all this stuff? What is he? What is he talking about? And all those yo-yos flapping in the background. I don't get it. Well, and and also, J.C., one of his other lines uh, was, we are stronger today than we were a year ago. Um, You know, I'm thinking about, boy, what a disaster this president has done. You know, you think about the damage 
in a year that he has done between borders, between, yeah, we have, we're basically on the verge of World War III um, that's happening in Europe, for sure. This is the biggest land invasion since World War II taking place in Europe right now with Putin. And Putin is just laughing all the way to the bank. And sadly, if I am Zelensky tonight, I would be very, very concerned because this president didn't do him any favors tonight. He just said, oh, we're following our European allies and we're going to you know, close off U.S. airspace to Russian planes. Uh, we're following. You know, we're not leading. This to me was an embarrassment and it was a pathetic attempt at a State of the Union address I thought it was horrible. I thought it was uninspiring. And I think it is dangerous right now because I think about President Zelensky. And if I'm President Putin, I'm going to go, boy, I'm going to move quickly because this guy's a pushover. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, I was happy to hear in President Biden's State of the Union address that he did talk about talking to the families of slain officers in New York, Wilbert Mora and Jason Rivera, the two officers, 22-year-old Jason Rivera and 27-year-old Wilbert Mora, shot dead, as we know, in January during a domestic violence call in Harlem. And it was nice to see that they were recognized tonight, that their service and sacrifice was appreciated tonight. And it's a great reminder always of the great work of our men and women in blue and how tough it is, obviously, for those on the front lines and also for their tremendous families. Well, we're taking your calls tonight to get your take on what you thought of President Biden's State of the Union address. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was uninspiring. He couldn't get straight whether it was Ukrainian or Iranian, for starters. He said the Iranian people, my goodness. He also said, now we're free from COVID. Now we're free from the mask mandates. Like it was his announcement that we're able to go out and breathe finally. Meanwhile, almost every governor in this country, including almost every Democratic governor, has already lifted their mask mandates and lifted a lot of their policies. So, again, President Biden just following and not leading in any shape or form. And I thought he was so horrible when it came to the issue of Ukraine saying, oh, yes, we must fight tyrants against the world. And yet he announced nothing tonight that is changing the policies, just that indeed they are tapping in the, into the strategic oil reserves, uh, that there will be 30 million barrels coming from the U.S., uh, another 30 from the world. But that is basically a drop in the bucket compared to how much we consume each and every day. And to give you a sense, by the way, we are buying 500,000 barrels a day from Russia, 500,000, America alone. We are essentially paying $70 million a day to Putin for oil and gas. Why did he not say we're going to stop that? Why did he not say, listen, It is time to open up Keystone Pipeline. It's time to start drilling. He missed a moment, and this was a tremendous, tremendous loss. To even acknowledge that his policies have been wrong leading up to this moment, even prior to the war, and now because of the war, not even saying, oh, we're in an emergency crisis, we're going to have to go back to a different policy for national security, for world security. 
He is no. He's intent to follow his green energy policies, no matter how much it digs this country into the ground and how matter how much it hurts President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, Larry? Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, what shocked me is when I heard him say that 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 uh, he said he was like he was narrating something that had nothing to do with him. He said that Russia underestimated what they ran into, and I was about, I thought I was about to hear him say world resolve to to stop this uh, this carnage, but instead he said the uh, the will of the of the Ukrainian people. I mean, so he's like Alistair Cook narrating history. History is being made as he speaks. Zelenko's voice is going to be silent soon, and he's not going to have a chance. You know, Biden is playing dirty, and what 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 what, what uh, Putin is playing dirty, and what Biden could do is send in a contingent of Marines to protect him because you're not allowed to go after the leaders. I always learned you're not allowed to go after the leaders of a state. That's off off limits. But he's breaking all the rules, Putin, and they should send in the Marines to protect Zelenko because he's the symbol. He's he's what's going to enable the Ukrainians to fight. If he gets killed, they're all going to be laid down like lambs to the slaughter because Putin is not going to stop his cruise missiles and his thermobaric weapons. No, absolutely. And by the way, there are reports that like Chechen hit squads were trying to locate President Zelensky. Um, These are these sort of ruthless Chechens that the Russians have recruited. They've recruited them. They've recruited also the Belarusian fighters, too, that are coming in. And you're right. Uh, He's got to stay safe. And if I'm President Zelensky, and this breaks my heart, Larry, you heard what I just said. I'd be very worried after what I heard from President Biden because I did not hear a leader of the free world tonight. I heard a follower of the rest of the world tonight. And I heard a guy who doesn't seem to be pounding his fist. He said, yeah, you know, uh, Putin's a tyrant. We uh, support the Ukrainian people. But I've heard more from the guy at the deli who was more passionate today, talking to me about how much he appreciated Zelensky and how inspired he was and what he's trying to do to help than what I just heard from President Biden just now. The guy making my sandwich at lunch today I thought was a lot more inspiring than the President of the United States. And he did nothing in terms of policy, Larry. I mean, we we are buying $70 million worth of oil and gas from Russia a day. We, America, that doesn't even count Europe. And we're going to continue that based on what we just heard from President Biden. Shame on him, Larry. Shame on him. And his his omissions, his omissions amount to complicity in murder because this is the 11th hour. He's got to do something more. Yeah, I agree. You got a president pleading and begging. And this guy is not even giving him any sense of a lifeline. And at this point, it, it was so lackluster. He's not even conceding that his green energy policies that have moved us away from being energy independent, which was the first time we were in a long time in 2019, you know, we were a net exporter. We had so much we were actually exporting. We're energy independent and also feeding the world. Imagine if we had had turbocharged that as opposed to halted it where we would be right now. Putin wouldn't have half the money, wouldn't have barely any of the money. Think about that. Then we could say, sorry, we don't need your oil and gas Sorry. And yet this president talked, had the audacity to talk about green energy jobs tonight. It made me sick to my stomach. Larry, thank you. 
very much. We appreciate it. Let's go to Jay in Cincinnati. Jay, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, again, the number is 1-800-848-9222. Go ahead, Jay. How your are you thoughts? doing, Rita? This Good. is Jay. Uh, he talks all this union stuff. I'm a member of the United Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners. He laid off a bunch of pipe fitters, a bunch of iron workers, truck drivers, and carpenters when he shut down the pipeline. You know, he talks talks all the talk, but he's full of BS, you know? No, you're right. It's a, it's a bunch of and, – and you brought up a good point because when they shut off the Keystone, as you talked about, there were 11,000 jobs, including pipe fitters like you. Um, and it's our – and right, he wants us to believe, oh, he's the union guy, yet he, you know, closes union jobs. He wants us to believe that indeed, okay, he is the border guy, and yet he doesn't do anything on the border. He wants us to believe he's the leader of the free world – you know, protecting Ukraine, and yet he is following and not doing anything that's really helping. You know, it's 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 drops in the bucket, drops in the bucket, and it's absolutely shameful. Let's go to Jennifer in Boston. Go ahead, Jennifer. Your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Um, I just I I adore you, mind and spirit. I just think you're wonderful, and I appreciate your passion for our country more than I could ever say. Um, if I, if I could, I just wanted to um, touch on a couple of things that I heard him say. Uh, I, I swear, Rita, um, first of all, regarding the whole mask, no more mask, you know, we're back, everything's okay. It's just theater of the mind, as Curtis would say. It's, it's the CDC changed the guidelines, what, Friday? And then Nancy Pelosi takes away the mask thing from being in the halls of Congress. You don't have to wear a mask. That's a Sunday night. It's just to make everything look good. And well, and also, right. and again, Jennifer, the rest of the world has already like lifted it in so many different forms. So he's not even leading the message. It's like it's like someone forgot to tell him that all these other states have already loosened up a lot of their mandates and a lot of their restrictions. You know, it's like he's like the last to know, which is pathetic. You know, and it's like he's giving us the right to have freedom now. Meanwhile, all these other governors and their Democratic governors already lifted a lot of their mandates because they were like, we can't wait. And how convenient that he allows for it today at the State of the Union where they don't need masks suddenly on Capitol Hill. Like what a political move, you know, as opposed to thinking about the American people. And they're only doing that, of course, for the fact that they want the poll numbers to showing how negatively that is showing. So that's why they're doing it. And then he has the audacity to talk about the harm that's come to children over the past couple of years. Hello, where were you tough talking with the teachers union? Where were you with saying the children don't have to wear masks? They're not at risk. The whole thing, Rita. And then the other thing, a couple of things, the border like you, my jaw dropped and hit the floor. How dare he, after he let over 2 million Americans during a pandemic, no less, during all these countries like Mexico that are emptying out their prisons, God knows what types of people are coming across this border, Rita, that we are now uh, feeding, clothing, housing. And I have so many American friends. I have blind friends. I have sick friends that can't get a dime from this government. They literally have to beg to get any help. And these people get everything handed to them. It just makes me sick. And then the last thing on the when he brought up officers Morrow and Rivera, in the same breath, he had the audacity to talk about holding law enforcement accountable. I but couldn't next- believe that, Jen. You and I both picked up on that as soon as I heard him. He yes, he says, I went to talk to their families. I felt bad, and I thought, okay, that was nice. 
And then yep. he then he goes right away to community policing. Do you see how sly he is when he was talking about we're not into defunding the police. We want more, quote, community police. He didn't make it sound like he wants real officers on the streets. He wants real community, his version of policing. And then he talked about racial justice. And then he said, we want to hold officers accountable and then he got into the chokeholds that officers used, you know, when they bring down, you know, individuals like the Eric Garner case and things like that. Some of them obviously have been very controversial, but he didn't say anything necessarily praising officers at that moment. I couldn't believe it, Jen. There was nothing in there where he actually came out and said, we have to get tougher on criminals. What about saying, I would have applauded him had he said, we got to get tough on these soft on crime DAs. We got to make sure repeat offenders don't see the light of day. Nothing about getting tougher on criminals. It was all about getting tougher on cops. I couldn't believe it, Jen. You're, you're, you're speaking exactly the things that were flowing through my mind. And as I heard you bring it up a short time ago about what he said, you, you were referencing the same thoughts. My God, he didn't say anything about the bail. All, the, all this no bail stuff, all these groups that are raising money to get people out of jail. I mean, it's crazy. And he, he always he demonizes someone and then says they're good. Same thing with, you know, we're all united. And then he goes on to talk about voting and how Republicans are trying to not just not let you vote, but take away your vote once you vote, is, you know, invalidate it. It's, it's awful. It's awful to me. He didn't represent. I listened to Reagan's uh, speech from 1982. It would be great if you have a minute, if you could pull any clips from him. He was a leader. He was a uniter. Those were, that was a very hard year, 1982, Rita. If you yep. go back and listen, and I'm sure you're familiar with what I'm talking about. Yes, I am. It's in a similar situation. But this man, he talks about gas prices and how he's here to help and how Scranton Joe feels for us. He does not a dime to open up, you know, just any drilling, any pipeline, nothing. It's a joke. And like you said, this is blood money he's giving to Putin. And, and it just saddens me. And I and I thank you for hearing me. And I thank you for hearing all of us and for being there, Rita. You're awesome. Oh, I love all of you guys. Jen, thank Thanks. you very much. And, and we're all in this together because we're all Americans. And listen, I want the best for our country. I wish our president had been a real man and a real leader and said, you know what? We made a mistake on green energy. Now we got to focus for the sake of security of America and security of the world. We have to open up Keystone. Even if he said it's temporary, I think it should be permanent. But even if he said temporary, I would have given him kudos. We didn't even hear an ounce of that. And that really saddens me for the country and for the world. Let's go to Christopher in Vermont. You're calling here on the Rita Cosby Show. Christopher, your thoughts about this? Yes, Rita. I'm sorry, but that woman, she pretty much said it all because uh, uh, he's got the whole thing in his hand, and it's called energy. And that that would put this whole thing in perspective were we once again to become energy independent and fulfill our promises that Trump made to Merkel and what have you. We will send you liquefied natural gas and what have you. But for them to be dependent on the, Russia uh, as NATO members is totally incomprehensible. It is. It's ridiculous. And, and to it's this so day, and Christopher, to this day, think about this. We are spending that kind of money right now paying Russia to this day. How sick is that? And you know that Russia is using that money from us and from European countries that are doing the same, that are very reliant on Russian oil, that 
They are using that money to buy cluster bombs. They're using that money to buy tanks, planes, whatever they need, because that is Putin's priority. And how sad is that? Like you just said, it is blood money. And this president refuses to change his kooky green energy policy and not even think about security of this United States and has the audacity to say, oh, yeah, I support the American, you know, Ukrainian people, the Iranian people. He kept referring to them. He couldn't even keep the name straight. It was shameful. It it is so upsetting to me, and it's just so outrageous. Christopher, thank you very much. Let's go to Stephen in New York. Stephen, your thoughts about what you heard from our uh, president, who I don't think it was a state of the union. I think it was a state of denial. Go ahead. Well, really a state of disunion because so many people are against this guy, Biden. I think uh, who's, uh, you know, who's... uh Popularity is going to be worse after this year. Putin or Biden? I'm not quite sure. But at any rate, you know, uh, this guy Biden, he's really responsible for the start of this war in many ways. Not that uh, Putin is not responsible, but the point is his failure of leadership. All these um, these measures that Europe is finally taking, they should have been done right at the, from the get-go when, they, when the Russian troops were massing on the Ukraine. He's doing everything backwards. The guy is an idiot anyway. Yeah. He's, he's responsible for this war in so many ways, and he does nothing. He should be doing everything to empower the Ukrainians to fight. Yeah, it's everything. amazing. We should not be accepting the oil from these people. We know? shouldn't. Nor we should shouldn't. Europe. I agree. And you know what? He's sitting here. He doesn't admit that his policies have created this moment. I want to read a real quick um, comment, Steve, to what you just said. When he talked about what was happening with Putin and the buildup, he said, we were prepared. We were ready. It's like, are you kidding me? It looks like they were caught like a tail, you know, wagging uh, behind somebody's you know legs. Are you kidding me? These, these guys are sewing up there. They were hoping for the best and not planning for the worst. Yeah, they were hoping Putin would not go through yes. with what he had been telegraphing yes. to the world. Yes. I said this, Steve, a second grader on Fifth Avenue would have been able to say, oh, Putin's going to attack because he was telegraphing it to the world. So, I mean, to me, it's for him to say, oh, we were prepared. That is uh, that to me is that's even more pathetic if this is what preparation looks like. 1-800-848-9222. I'll continue with your calls right after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. President Joe Biden's first State of the Union. Now, here's Rita Cosby. And this is Rita Cosby. I have been listening along with all of you at the State of the Union. President Biden's first one lasted a little over an hour, got a couple boos throughout it. And if I was in there, I'd be booing, too. My goodness, it was horrible. Here is what he had to say about supporting police officers from a guy who never condemned the rioters. Remember in the summer of love? Well, this is what he had to say about supporting police tonight, President Biden. I know it works. Investigating crime prevention and community policing, cops who walk the beat, who know the neighborhood, and who can restore trust and safety. Let's not abandon our streets or choose between safety and equal justice. Let's come together and protect our communities, restore trust, and hold law enforcement accountable. That's why the Justice Department has required body cameras, banned choke calls, and restricted no-knocks warrants for its officers. That's why the American Rescue Plan that you all provided $350 billion that cities, states, and counties can use to hire more police, invest in more proven strategies. 
Proven strategies like community violence interruption, trusted messengers breaking the cycle of violence and trauma, and giving young people some hope. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. And by the way, I'm happy to hear that he said the key is to fund police, but his version of policing, everybody, is community policing. And did you hear that? That was his glimpse into fighting crime, saying, hold law enforcement accountable. What about holding the thugs accountable? What about holding repeat offenders accountable? He talked about these violence interrupters that help young people get on the right path. All of that is great stuff. But if you don't hold people accountable, you don't lock them up, then how does this help? He didn't talk about DAs, didn't talk about no cash bail. All he talked about was holding police accountable. What about holding the criminal accountable? To me, that was outrageous. one 800 848 Let's go to Frank, who is listening from Ontario. Go ahead, Frank, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Love, love the talk to you. I listen to you all the time. You fade in and you fade out. But uh, anyway, I was totally embarrassed Well, I'm like fading you. in tonight because I am revved up after listening to oh. our president. Boy. What do you think from Ontario? Uh, are you saying you saying Trudeau and his crazy uh, crackdown on the truckers uh, suddenly doesn't look as bad as what we have, huh? Well, uh, it's no, it's just a, it's just a puppet show, and um, I'm so sorry for what you're going through, and I can't wait for Trump to come back, and I hope he does. And uh, I've had arguments with my own family, my own, my oldest sister. I'm the youngest of seven. I'm 59, and and she argued with me yesterday about this and that and this and that about this and defending Biden. And I said, Are you kidding me? I said, do you realize what's going on here? Because I listen to you, and I listen to New York stations, and I listen to whatever I can pick up on an old AM radio from the 80s. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. What I'm so sorry for you people, and I can't wait for everybody to stand up and end this insanity. Yeah, and you know what? Pray for us, and pray for also President Zelensky, because nothing I heard from our president who, with all due respect to you guys there in Ontario, is the leader of the free world, he just sounded like a complete follower tonight in so many shape or form. I mean, it's embarrassing, Frank. Yeah, exactly. And I'm so sorry for you people. And, like, I'm going through something with a couple of neighbors that live in in a triplex with me, and I phoned about their dog barking, and they send the police on me, but they're the biggest advocates for defund the police, but they're the first ones to call them. That's a great point, Frank, by the way, because so many of these people who say, oh, you know, you know, there shouldn't be armed guards, there shouldn't be this. And guess what? When they need security, they bring armed guards. Frank, thank you so much for the call from Hamilton, Ontario. How great to hear from you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What did you think of our president's state of the union address tonight he went after police officers he said oh we have to secure the border what an epiphany and he also did nothing i don't think that would further help president Zelensky, who is pleading for the world to help him against russia feisty fearless and fair She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, you 
President Joe Biden's first State of the Union. Now, here's Rita Cosby. I couldn't believe what I heard from the President of the United States, who basically did nothing to help the Ukrainian people tonight, did nothing really about securing our borders, did nothing about supporting law enforcement, really didn't offer any alternatives for the rising inflation that we are seeing. It was, to me, not the State of the Union, but the State of Denial. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight on the Rita Cosby Show as to what did you make of his comments on a whole slew of issues. And I felt in almost every regard he was out of touch. He was lackluster. He was uninspiring. He got a number of boos during it. And he also didn't give any hope, I don't think, to the Ukrainian people that America is going to really lead this effort to fight against Vladimir Putin. Again, I feel it was just disconnected, and I thought very uninspiring. This was his first State of the Union address for President Biden, lasting a little over an hour. And he talked about a variety of issues. I couldn't believe, first of all, he did get to crime. It's one of the few times he actually talked about crime. And I was very happy to hear that at least he brought it up. He seems to kind of wanting to be ignoring that. He never condemned the attacks, remember, of all the riots that were happening over the summer, remember, in the different, uh, you know, summer not too long ago where so many cities in America were on fire. Never condemned those, never condemned the actions of those. And yet tonight when he talked about crime, he first talked about the police officers that were slain in New York, Wilbert Mora and Jason Rivera, who were killed in that domestic ambush attack that took place in January. And then he went right away to saying we need to basically fund community policing. He didn't say regular police officers. He said community policing. And then he said we have to hold officers accountable. I couldn't believe he actually said that within 30 seconds about talking about the two New York City police officers that were slain. It was almost to me stunning that out of his mouth, he said, we must hold officers accountable. I thought I almost misheard it. I thought maybe he meant to say criminals accountable, because that would be the right thing to say. And yet he said, we must hold law enforcement accountable if they've crossed the line. Talked about racial inequities. Uh, Again, not going to the effect of saying we must be tough on criminals. That, to me, was astounding. Also equally astounding is that he actually had the audacity to say we must have a secure border. I thought, what planet are you on? Do you realize that you put your borders are Kamala Harris down there? And so far, we have had the most porous border that America has had in its history. We've had open borders. We've had illegal immigration over the wazoo. We've had secret flights to different cities across America in the middle of the night. We've had such an overexpanse of illegal immigrants coming into America that we don't even know where to house them. They're not showing up for court. They're not checking their criminal records. They're not checking their vaccine cards. And he had the audacity tonight to say that we must look at securing our border and fixing our immigration system. I thought, do you realize that you are the president that created this? He is the one who has always been fighting the Remain in Mexico policy, which would have kept them in Mexico. It's literally his White House that fought because Bush, Bush first, okay, talked about it. Trump said, let's do the Remain in Mexico policy. 
That's what he was doing, what, basically keeping them on that side of the border so they wouldn't come here. They'd have to make sure they were vetted, all the things before they even got to the border. And this president, President Biden, is the one who was fighting it. And he has the audacity to talk with us about securing our borders. Talk to any border agent right now. They would say this president's border policies are a joke. But this is what President Biden had to say a little bit ago about the border. Take a listen. We've set up joint patrols with Mexico and Guatemala to catch more human traffickers. We're putting in place dedicated immigration judges in significant larger number so families fleeing persecution and violence can have their cases, cases heard faster and those who don't legitimately hear can be sent back. We're screening, we're securing commitments and supporting partners in South and Central America to host more refugees and secure their own borders. We can do all this while keeping lit the torch of liberty that has led the generation of immigrants to this land, my forebears and many of yours. Provide a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those with temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Revise our laws so businesses have workers they need and families don't wait decades to reunite. It's not only the right thing to do, it's economically smart thing to do. That's why the immigration reform is supported by everyone from labor unions to religious leaders to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Let's get it done once and for all. Yeah, let's get it done so we have more illegal immigrants in the United States. I mean, my goodness, is there anything that anybody heard in there that you went, oh, yeah, this president is really the tough on border policy president. He's the guy who's really going to maintain our security there. Are you kidding me? And then it got to Ukraine, which is what he opened his State of the Union appropriately about. Praising President Zelensky of Ukraine, very important, saying that we will stand up to dictators, that we will always support freedom. Some good lines. Take a listen. Here's something, but we'll talk about what he did and what he didn't do afterwards. Throughout our history, we've learned this lesson. When dictators do not pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos. They keep moving. And the cost, the threats to the America and America to the world keeps rising. That's why the NATO alliance was created, to secure peace and stability in Europe after World War II. The United States is a member, along with 29 other nations. It matters. American diplomacy matters. American resolve matters. Putin's latest attack on Ukraine was premeditated and totally unprovoked. He rejected repeated, repeated efforts at diplomacy. He thought the West and NATO wouldn't respond. He thought he could divide us at home in this chamber and this nation. He thought he could divide us in Europe as well. But Putin was wrong. Oh, wow. Boy, were we all wrong thinking that this president might say something tonight that would actually help the Ukrainian people more than he has done. He has been following in this process, not leading in this process. He actually had the audacity to say, we are ready. We were prepared when Putin moved in. Are you kidding me? It looked like this president got caught with his pants down. They were so ill-prepared. And if this is what preparedness looks like, God help us. Because they sure looked like they were like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, what do we do? And then they started these staggered steps of sanctions. And again, are still not sanctioning oil and gas to Russia. 
and from Russia. What are you kidding me? We are still buying Russian oil and gas, as are the Europeans. That is outrageous. So tonight, this president said, just like the Europeans that basically have led the way through all of this, we are now going to close off U.S. airspace to all Russian flights. That's a good thing. We should have done that a long time ago. Then he also said that, indeed, you know, the, the Russian rubles losing its value because we're putting an economic squeeze. And he also said that they are releasing millions of barrels of oil from the strategic oil reserves from our country and also other pivotal reserves around the world. But he didn't say anything about not buying any more gas or oil from Russia. How outrageous is that? There was no message of that. And that money is going directly to the Russian military, which is going to enable them to buy bombs and weaponry to slaughter the Ukrainian people. That, to me, is outrageous. This president said nothing about changing his green energy policies and his plan to cut down and, as we know, on day one, not go further with Keystone Pipeline, Anwar drilling, anywhere else. He's basically halt everything. And then tonight, he didn't say a thing about it. All he did was praise green energy jobs. In other words, boy, are we in a bind, guys. That's a nice way to say it. I'm thinking of another word because I could not believe that he wouldn't even consider changing his policies even prior to this crisis that were causing an escalation for all of us when we go to the gas pump. And then this president couldn't even keep it straight if it was Iranian or Ukrainian. By the way, there's a big difference, Mr. President. You know, the Ukrainians are freedom-loving people. The Iranians are a bunch of terrorists that you're probably going to acquiesce to also because, remember, when you were vice president, President Obama gave those pallets load of cash. Maybe he's confusing them. But take a listen because he frequently called, I couldn't believe it, the Ukrainian people Iranian at his State of the Union address. Take a listen. To our fellow Ukrainian Americans who forged a deep bond that connects our two nations, we stand with you. We stand with you. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Oh, boy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Toronto calling in. John, your thoughts about our president tonight? Oh, well, first of all, I'd like to tell Frank, that listener from Hamilton, uh, I get you on the Internet crystal clear. Oh, great. Okay, yes, because Frank was saying he listens to the show, which I love. So, yes, in fact, WABCradio.com and also whatever different stations that you're listening to across the country, everybody, uh, this is our flagship. But there's a number of other stations around the country that you can go to their websites, too, as well, and it'll be streaming there. Um, John, what do you think of our president, by the way? First of all, he looked dazed and confused, like the Zeppelin song. (laughs) Um, and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris, they look like the clapping seals in the background and chit-chatting behind them. It was a joke. It was an absolute joke. And a lot of these problems are created by Biden and his uh, energy policy. And by the way, I did like, I believe it was you that said that, uh, what's Jen Psaki going to do, hold up a solar panel? You're right. Right. <laughs> Right. What is she right? And say, hey, you know, this is going to help or, or blow the wind at a windmill right now. You know, I, I mean, if this is not a crisis point where he should admit that he had a, a, a really disjointed policy that was dangerous for U.S. security and world security. But he wouldn't go there. He doubled down, John. But the thing about it, too, is and what is history has always told us that dictators 
never win. They lose in the end. The only unfortunate thing is that millions and millions of people are going to end up dying before anything gets gets done. And that's the sad thing about it. Don't yeah. know your history repeats itself. Absolutely. Very well said. John, thank you very much. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thought about the speech tonight, my friend. Oh, all, all backseat cowboys on this show tonight all backseat cowboys all right so if you're so if you're leading the charge if you've got oh, the lasso the charge, let's see I what you got with your lasso me. and your boots Dan. Well, let's see what you got I, I thought it was a pretty decent speech it wasn't the greatest speech in the world considering the things that are happening he mentioned six million new jobs which is absolutely true the unemployment is at a reasonably good state of uh at the moment in the country inflation we got inflation because of the pandemic and food back and so forth and, and delivery. So hopefully inflation will go down. He made a good point. Instead of uh, lowering wages, how about lowering prices on the companies? Let them lower their prices. They did pretty good this last year. I thought that was a pretty good statement. As to uh, Ukraine, uh, most of the people on your program don't have an idea what they would do. They never say anything here, and neither do you. Um, actually, think- actually, I do, Stan, but let's hear your opinion since you called in. Go ahead. What would you let me let me just ask you on the Ukraine. There was nothing in there tonight that sounded like he was the leader of the free world. There was nothing in ter- because that is the important topic. I can get into you know the six million jobs and the inflation, and all that stuff with you. But I want to focus on on Ukraine right now with you, because while he said, oh, is I'm following Europe and we're going to close airspace, essentially. And I'm going to talk, Europe basically convinced me to open up some of the strategic reserves. Nothing about buying and selling oil and gas, which we are continuing to do, Stan, at a record pace. And so are European countries, Germany. I mean, there's a lot of them that are doing it. But but that money is going right to the bombs and the military that Putin is using. Putin's used, that's his war chest right now. I mean, that that is a huge concern, Stan. Yes, it's a concern. Uh, But here's the point. We're here. The Europeans are there. Okay, And NATO, in my opinion, should have acted a little sooner. But the president of the United States is very cautious at what he's doing. Exactly the right thing. Nobody that I've heard on this program or you say what they would do. Are they going to do? I would have shut up oil and gas. We're not bringing truth. Let's talk. Stand. Stand. Stan, I would have. Let's get one thing straight. I have repeatedly said, and, and, and our callers have also repeatedly talked about other ideas, too. I have repeatedly said that we never should have been energy dependent, moved from energy independence to dependence, just in general, prior to this, because it's a disastrous policy. I think it's all good to look at wind and hold up a little solar panel and do all these other things. But give me a break. And then, two, now at a time where world security is based on it and we are buying and selling, it is blood money, Stan. Shame on us and shame on the world. Go ahead, Stan. Let's get to the meat of the matter, the real discussion. Are you willing to send in troops? Are you willing to launch missiles? No, but that's why, Stan, Stan, by the way, and Stan, we have a hard break. So if you want to stay with us, I'll take you after the break. But that's why if we had cut off his money funds, we would probably be in a different place. We'll be right back with Stan and others after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. President Joe Biden's first State of the Union. Now, here's Rita Cosby. And it was the state of denial versus the state of the union. 
One thing President Biden did talk about is Ukraine, saying, you know, of course, we stand by the Ukrainian people, but he is not cutting off oil and gas purchases or sanctioning purchases of oil from and to Russia. Unbelievable. That would have really cut them off at the legs and their major funding for the military. That, to me, is outrageous. And he also isn't starting any new drilling, isn't beginning Keystone Pipeline, any of these things that would bring us back to energy independence. He did say, as we were talking with Stan right before the break, um, did say that our U.S. forces will not be engaged with Russia. He wants to make it clear that there will be no U.S. boots on the ground in Ukraine. Take a listen. But let me be clear. Our forces are not engaged and will not engage in the conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies in the event that Putin decides to keep moving west. For that purpose, we have mobilized American ground forces, air squadrons, ship deployments to protect NATO countries, including Poland, Romania, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. And as I've made crystal clear, the United States and our allies will defend every inch of territory that is NATO territory with the full force of our collective power. Every single inch. And we will still continue buying about $70 million worth of Russian oil per day because guess what? This president made us energy dependent. Let's go back to Stan in Forest Hills. Go ahead, Stan, your thoughts. I thought what you just put on was absolutely correct. The president said the right thing. What are we going to do if we have to go in? Nobody on this station or network is willing to make the statement, let's go in, because they know it'll be world war. So all this was... By the way, the gasoline, and, and stand, whether stand. we don't do it or not, it don't make a difference. Stan, I agree with way. you. Stan, I agree with you that right now we should not go in. I agree with you. What I am saying is, don't you think it would be smart to maybe start bringing us back to energy independence again? So maybe we wouldn't have been in this position where we would be reliant on Russian oil at a time right now where we're bringing military hardware in to help. We're giving javelins and a whole bunch of stuff to the Ukrainian people, and yet we're still paying Russia $70 million a day for oil and gas, and Europe is paying even more. That's outrageous, Stan. Rita, Rita. The Russians are not concerned with that right now. They're only concerned with taking the Ukraine. The United States Guess can't what the, worry Stan, about oil Stan, at this stage. Yeah, boy, are you naive, my friend. No, oh, I, yeah. I oh boy, are you naive. I could go to a second grader right outside of the studio and they'd say, gosh, if you're sending $70 million to a guy who's waging war, I think he's going to maybe use that to buy military hardware against that country. And then he's making so much more off of Germany and other things. Boy, are you naive if you think that he's just going to collect money and what, he's going to build a house at a time where he's waging war? He wants to take over Ukraine. You're correct about that, Stan. But he's going to be using whatever money and funds and resources he can do. He is laughing all the way to the bank right now because we can sanction him in all these different directions. But if we're not sanctioning oil and gas, which is a huge revenue funder for him, his main revenue funder, and we're still buying it. I mean, what leverage do we have? It's a joke. It is an unfortunate joke, and it makes me sick, Stan. It is ridiculous. And anybody who believes that 
is dumber than that second grader. Stan, thank you. I love your calls always. When we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What did you make of President Biden's State of the Union address? I hope that you are smarter than a second grader because, my goodness, when I heard this president say, um, yeah, we're going to keep uh, our green energy jobs. They're really working well and they're great. And uh, I'm going to have Jen Psaki hold up a windmill and blow. That's, that's his solution. While Zelensky is in a bomb shelter begging for the world to help. And we are spending $70 million a day on Russian oil. Shame on this president. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, our thoughts and prayers are, of course, with the U.S. military and other members of NATO because U.S. forces and other forces are stationed throughout the globe. Um, One of the things is this urgent sort of response force where up to 40,000 troops, including many U.S. soldiers are basically on high alert in these NATO countries like Poland and a number of others in the region right around Ukraine, keeping the peace, standing guard and also helping with refugees. Um, Some new numbers of refugees coming in close to 700,000 people have fled Ukraine um, and many of them have stayed, too. It's a population of about 40 million in the country and so far 700,000 have fled to nearby borders, particularly Poland um, and other places, and are being kept and cared for by many in the U.S. military. So bravo to our great men and women in uniform who are fighting for freedom and trying to help those fleeing from the wrath of Putin as that convoy approaches the main city there in Ukraine, Kiev, which our hearts and prayers and thoughts are with them so, so much. Um, You know, many people wondering, what is the plan? What is Putin planning to do? Is he planning to encircle Kiev as it looks like it is? He's trying to get, it looks like from the south of Kiev right now, what I was seeing recently is trying to sort of set up a land bridge. And then from my father's birthplace, by the way, of Brest, which was Poland when my father was born, uh, Brest now is Belarus. And there's a whole big line of military might coming from now Belarus, which was now sadly taken over by the Russians uh, after my father's time. And now all of those guys are coming in a column from Belarus. So they're coming from the north towards Kiev. They're trying to create a land bridge on the bottom on the south. And then they're coming from an airport that's a little bit to the right of Kiev, if you look at it on a map. And if you look at that, that looks like a military might that's trying to encircle the capital city. And they are coming closer and closer. And that convoy, one of the biggest ones, there's a couple different convoys, but that big one is still said to be about 40 miles long. Think about how many Russian military armaments and tanks and troops and so forth are in that convoy. Um, And by the way, they still haven't been getting air power there um, in terms of superiority. Uh, The Air Force, the Russian Air Force is basically like 10 to 1 in terms of their might compared to the Ukrainian Air Force. And yet, at this point, they do not have air superiority. So the question is, are they gearing up? Are they preparing for this big encirclement of the main city of Kiev? In the meantime, they're hitting a lot of these um, civilian targets. They hit the Holocaust Memorial 
in the second largest city. Um, they also hit a kindergarten. They hit a big government building. They're just, you know, doesn't matter. They're hitting using these cluster bombs, and they're talking about also using these thermal bombs, um, which are very deadly and basically burn anybody or anything that's in their path. Um, and this is the kind of weaponry that the Russians are using. So whatever we can do to help the Ukrainians as they are fighting for survival tonight. And we are talking about the State of the Union address, which just wrapped up just a little bit ago from President Biden, his first one. And I don't think he said anything in there that certainly would help the Ukrainian people. He basically said, listen, we, we support you. We support freedom. We stand up for you. We do all these things. And yet the only major movie talked about was following the EU, following as he has been throughout this whole process, weak leadership, I think. And President Biden basically said, yeah, we're going to close off the U.S. airspace to all Russian flights. Um, I thought he had basically already done that until I heard earlier today he was planning on announcing that. Um, to me, that's uh, that should have been done, you know, first off the bat. But here we are, you know, following again. And then he also talked about tapping into strategic oil reserves in the United States and elsewhere to tap into the reserves. What about changing your, you know, your philosophy, your strategy? What about allowing drilling? What about all these people who are in America saying, please drill, 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 open up the pipelines, do all these things. Let's get ourselves to where we can be energy independent again and exporting to other people in the world. Then they wouldn't even have to look to Russia. And yet he said nothing of the kind. He is trying to have it both ways and talking out of both sides of his mouth. And I thought it was a horrible speech, lackluster, uninspiring. And I think big, big concern for President Zelensky, who was hoping today that he would hear something positive and something inspiring from this president. I don't think he heard it in any shape or form. And in fact, right before I want to play, this is cut number eight of Zelensky. This is him right before the State of the Union because he talked to President Biden and he was hoping to get some big message. Would he maybe shut off Russian oil? Would he do something as dramatic, even saying the U.S. is going to do that? Think about what a leader he would look like in this world if he said, I'm going to really hit him where it hurts, not just some of these gratuitous sanctions. I'm going to really sock it to him. I'm going to cut off his lifeline. I'm going to cut off his arteries. And yet he didn't do it. But this is what Zelensky said right before the State of the Union, because he was pleading with this president to give him a lifeline. I think, first of all, he's a world leader. And it's very important for people in the United States to understand that despite the fact that the war is taking place in Ukraine, it's essentially for values in life, for democracy, for freedom. Therefore, this war is for all the world. And that message should be sent far and wide, from Ukraine to people in the United States, so they understand what it is like for us here, what we're fighting for, and why support for Ukraine matters. And yet there was nothing tonight other than platitudes and verbal support for the Ukrainian people and him, which is important. But that was it, everybody. Um, by the way, also, President Biden also had Rashida Tlaib, uh, one of the squad members who did their own version sort of of rebuttals. And just a little bit of a glimpse of what she said. She basically said no one fought harder for President Biden's agendas than progressives. Boy, are they to blame for this then. Um, but two forces stood in the way, the Republican Party that serves only the rich and the powerful and just enough corporate-backed Democratic obstructionists to help them succeed. So basically, she's saying, gosh, this green energy stuff is really, really great. I'm glad that it's put, you know, Ukraine in such a perilous position. 
Let's keep doing it. What a, what a, you know, boy, an Einstein there. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Roger in Massachusetts. Go ahead, Roger. Your thoughts about what I thought was just an abysmal State of the Union. Your thoughts. Yeah, well, you're right. Um, and by calling it the state of um, state of now, that's very, very good. I'd like to make a statement, and I'd like to um, um, make one little re- uh, reply to Stan's comments. The, the point is that everything we've witnessed from the, his first day in office, with the 42 executive orders and and the 180 degree opposite. Um, Pull, uh, surrender in Afghanistan, community policing. Everything is so perfectly the opposite of what's good for the U.S. and the free world. I, can, I can't help but think it, it's really, you know, the far left and Obamaites are, are what's really running. He is the, the, the face. He and Kamala Harris are the face only. But the, but with the, the ship is being steered by the Obamaites and, and the far left. Because remember you interviewed somebody a couple weeks ago who claimed that Obama was having a meeting with leading uh, Democrat officials and, and, and Biden was not invited? Oh, yes, I mean, yes, I, I remember so that. Obama. Yes. So much Obama cutting us down the sides. And by the way, no wonder, therefore, uh, uh, those who hate us are emboldened, Stan. This, did not, this type of thing... Did not happen. It wouldn't happen under Trump. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, Raj, you are actually very, very much right. And by the way, a lot of even polls that are of Americans, Republicans and Democrats and independents, um, I was seeing 62 percent of Americans believe this never would have happened under President Trump because President Trump, first of all, made us energy independent. So we didn't have to rely on Russia. So we weren't giving them funds and money that he ultimately, you know, is using on those bombs and everything he's doing to the Ukrainian people. And also, he would have said, don't you dare. This president has done nothing. He's done the worst policies that created this crisis, this energy crisis. And then this only emboldened Putin. And what I heard tonight, if I'm Putin, I would say, God, this guy is, boy, is he a pushover. Even after all this, this is the this is all he's going to do. I mean, it's sad, and it breaks my heart. I want the best for America. I want the best for the people of Ukraine. I want the best for the world. But this president looked weak and lame and uninspiring and nothing that is going to thwart a man on a mission to take back the Russian Empire, a megalomaniac who's you know who continues to get U.S. funds for it, U.S. funds. You don't think that oil and gas funds is going to him buying the military, not just from the U.S., but also European countries? Why doesn't this president have a set of cojones and be a real leader and do something that would really alter the course for the Ukrainian people? It's shameful. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sue in New York. Go ahead, Sue. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hi, Rita. I love listening to your show. I really thank you so much. I think you bring so much important points to all the American citizens every single day. Thank you. I try to speak from the heart and, and, and passionate because I love this country. Well, I will tell you, I have a son that is in actually the Marines boot camp right now. I never expected this to happen, but it happened. Um, And I've been listening to everything. I listened to the Biden uh, speech this evening. 
And one of the really important things that you're talking about tonight is that we're still buying $70 million uh, in terms of gallons of fuel every single day from Russia. Why do you think that that's still happening? Because Why? we, I, I mean, there's many reasons. I mean, I think obviously the, the easiest answer for you is we need it. You know, I mean, we need it because this president changed our policies to make us energy dependent and we need it. And so do other places in the world. And I will tell you, because I live in a house, I live in Orange County, New York, and I pay for oil gas for my heat. I pay for propane for my stove to cook every day. So I've seen a huge increase in my bills, drastic increases. But why wouldn't we say, and who do we go to, first of all, to make these changes actually happen? Because it seems like, you know, we can we can complain about everything about these bills, but who do we actually go to to make these changes happen? Well, I think, first off, we need to be protesting out there and letting our American president and others let them know that we're aware. A lot of people didn't realize. It's interesting, Sue. Um, and Stan, who you guys are talking about, I remember Stan was asking me the other day, we don't buy Russian oil. Stan, who couldn't answer the first question that I was asking him, nor the third or fourth, but we'll get to that in a moment. But he was like, oh, we don't buy Russian oil. I'm like, yes, we do, Stan. You know, I had to teach, talk to him like a one-year-old, right? So I said, yes, we do. But I think there are people out there who actually say, oh, I didn't know about that. And and And, and in fairness to Stan and others, a lot of people were not aware that we were relying on Russian oil and that Russian oil we were buying to the extent that we were. So I think a lot of it is education to let people know. And now that people are realizing right now, this is a huge wake-up call. The fact that we are spending that kind of money, $70 million a day, by the way, we're getting 500,000 barrels a day from Russia. That's the United States alone. That is stunning, Sue. And I think now that the world is sort of waking up to it, you know, and Stan too, I think now that everybody's realizing it, they should be out there and protesting peacefully saying, you know what? No, we should not be buying blood oil. That literally is what it is. Because what do you think Putin's doing? Putin's saying, oh, you're sanctioning me, but you still need my oil and gas. You're not cutting up that. You're still bringing that in. You don't think $70 million a day is going to be funding a lot of the Russian army right now that's on its way to Kiev? You're, you know, that, I'll give you a bridge if you don't believe that. But I think a lot of it is education, Sue. And I think a lot of it is people realizing that that is indeed the case and that indeed we must cut that off. You can't look like you're a slick, willy pop, you know, politician and say, oh, you know, we're going to cut off the flies. You know, we're going to cut off uh, flights in the United States from Russia. Great. Everybody else basically around the world has done that. I think Zimbabwe did it before America. I mean, give us a break. Boy, do we look lame and we don't have any guts to take on not only saying here here's what's happening with Russia, not just with ourselves, but the rest of the world. But the problem is, Sue, 
then it would be an admission that we have a wrong policy. Then it would be an admission that, boy, maybe I shouldn't have been, like, blowing, you know, to the wind for windmills and holding up a solar panel. Maybe I should have thought about energy security and world energy security. It would be an admission that he has a wrong policy, and that's why he is trying not to draw attention to it. But there's no way that we are ever putting basically, you know, our, you know, arresting and putting handcuffs around Putin if we keep sending him money for oil and if other countries do the same. It's a joke, and it is all politics, and that's so, so bad. Let's go to Brian in New Jersey. Brian, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Brian. Hi, Rita. Uh, I applaud you for taking dissenters, and I'm sort of one, but uh, I think I'm more of a centrist. Um, I, just kinda, I, I don't have too much to say about the State of the Union because they are all basically dog and pony shows, and, and I know you have to sensationalize it, but it's it, they're not really – you're not going to solve the world's problems in an hour. It's not – No, it's not but, but you know what, Brian? I'll actually say one thing that I – yes, sometimes they are, but there's also sometimes policy. It's a, it's a moment where the whole world's watching, so he could have used the moment to do something dramatic – you know, sometimes they, they're all fluff or whatever, but there's also been, you know, State of the Unions at very pivotal points in history where really important things were done, and this president missed the moment. He he didn't say anything. It, it, was, it was lackluster, but uh, I mean, what I really want to say is like, uh, you know, from the, from the left, we had four years of orange man bad, orange man bad, and it, it kind of just seems like we're going to have four years of Biden bad, Biden bad from the right, and, you know, it's, it's, a sad, it's a sad state of affairs that we have such a market for reactionary takes and like lazy talking points like energy independence and keystone pipeline wait 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 wait. okay two things bry first off there are independents right now he has like a a 30 percent approval ratings with independents right now so that's not even republican or democrat i think like a second grader could figure out that the guy has not been leading on many initiatives certainly not on border certainly not on crime definitely not on ukraine afghanistan i mean the list could go on and on and on and second of all Energy independence is not a talking point. It's a reality. And right now, if we were energy independent, we could literally cut off Putin at his knees right now from a financial standpoint. It's much more than a talking point. It's the basically the survival of Ukraine. And we're not doing it. And so, by the way, you know, Brian, if it was I don't care if the president was a Republican or Democrat or, or independent or someone from Mars, I would criticize him because I feel like he is on another planet with this philosophy. It's wrong, and it's wrong for world security. And I'll give you a few seconds, Brian. Go ahead. I agree that we should that we should stop buying Russian oil, but the seventy million sounds like a lot, but it's really five percent of our of our oil. So it's really other countries that would have to contribute to that because we're. But we, it's still we a lot of money. So I'd love to. I'd love to be getting paid seventy million dollars a day. You know, wouldn't you? You know, just, it's, it's, it's not like a drop lot. in the bucket, especially if you're a Russian who probably you know. You know, has a, gets a, a dollar a day in the Russian military. You know what I'm saying? I mean, give me. I mean, to me, it's it is it is a lifeline, and we're not doing it right. Um, but Brian, thank you. I also love the call and really appreciate it. I love all calls from everybody. Everyone one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. President Joe Biden's first State of the Union. Now here's Rita Cosby. And we continue our coverage with what I am calling the state of denial because, boy, was he out of touch. And he was like, oh, we're going to cut off U.S. airspace to Russian aircraft. That's basically about it, saying nothing about cutting off buying and sanctioning Russian oil that we are buying, the United States and the rest of the world. And meanwhile, President Zelensky is holed up in a bomb shelter, praying his country's going to survive another night. 
and pleading with the world and talking about the courage of the Ukrainian people. And, you know, I believe that we today, we're giving lives for values, for rights, for freedom, for the desire to be equal as much as you are. We are giving away our best people, the strongest ones, the most value-based ones. Ukrainians are incredible. And boy, has he been a beacon and inspiration for the world. Uh, Really, like Davy Crockett, you know? I mean, you think about it, the Alamo. And boy, is it a David and Goliath fight. And meantime, we were talking about Russian oil. It's not just Republicans and other people saying, why are we buying Russian oil? Why are we now energy dependent versus independent, which we used to be? Senator Joe Manchin, leading Democratic senator, had this to say to President Biden. Well, Hoppy, I asked for asking the president to invoke a ban on purchasing any products, petroleum products, any products from Russia. Petroleum products, we've been purchasing about 500,000, and last year went up to about 670,000 barrels a day. And that's just entirely unacceptable now when we're asking the whole world to unite around and help Ukraine every way possible and put as much pressure as we can on Russia. It only makes sense that we lead by an example of showing that we're shutting down all Russian products coming into the United States. Yeah, and yet we are not leading. And tonight he looked like a follower, not a strong leader. I'm talking about President Biden. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Pete, your thoughts about what you heard tonight from the president. Hi, Rita. I thought I was watching a skit from Saturday Night Live. I asked my wife, is it Saturday uh, Maxine Water, um, she had a face on her the whole time, and then when it was time to come to, for the meet and greet, she was trying to get near him, and he was avoiding her. I mean, she couldn't get within an inch of him, and I was laughing. I mean, it just was pathetic. He said nothing that he could have changed the world if he made the right statement, like, we're going to help. You know, next is Poland for this guy. He wants to make this thing uh, back to the Soviet Union again, you know? Exactly. We have a dictator, Pete, and you hit it on the head because we have a dictator who is, you know, continuing. He wants to shore up the Russian Empire. And this guy is hitting civilians. He's using cluster bombs. He's looking at using these thermal uh, bombs that are just really, really dangerous. Doesn't care. And our president is giving this lackluster speech. It was frightening. Let's go to Hudson in the Bronx. Real quick, Hudson, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, great to hear you. So you, you kind of drove my oil point home. Um, these guys are like children. They just, they're going to mold any narrative they want. I know Brian was talking about 5%. Um, that's 5% to us, but I believe it's over 50% of their income over there. Um, that's pretty much what's funding this thing. It's that's, and like isn't, that. it, isn't it sickening, Hudson, that like that our U.S. money and European money going towards oil purchases is going indeed, as we're talking about. And you know Putin's using it to fund his military machine. How crazy is that? Real quick, Hudson. No, nah, that's right. Rita, listen, have a wonderful night, and let's hope they don't get to Poland because my family's there, and so is yours. God thank, bless. Oh, thank you, Hudson. And I am praying for Poland. I am praying for the people of Ukraine tonight and praying that we get some more leadership and we get a president with some cojones. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 